This is Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene right here in Singapore. Episode 4 Is Coffee Chim? Nowadays, if you pick up a bag of coffee beans, you'll notice there's all kinds of tasting notes. There's this fruit la, that fruit la, sometimes there's even like the kind of wood notes that you're supposed to taste. And if you cannot detect those notes in the cup of coffee that you're drinking, you can kind of feel like a bad person. You start to wonder if there's something wrong with your brain, if your taste buds are broken, if there's a God-shaped void in your heart. You start to ask yourself the question, is coffee really all that chim, so complex? And do you need some kind of degree in order to even begin appreciating and enjoying coffee? To be sure, coffee does have a depth of complexity that's available to anyone who really wants to get into it. But the question is, do you really want to get into it? And I'd like to take today's episode to argue that if you don't want to dive into all the chiminology of coffee, that's fine. You can still enjoy and even make a good cup of coffee right at home. But first, I'd just like to say a few words about diving into the complexity of coffee. If you take espresso, for example, that's a brewing method where small changes can result in very big differences. The temperature that you use, uh, the, the grind size that you use, uh, even talking about whether you're increasing your dose of coffee by 0.5 grams, it can make a pretty big difference. When it comes to espresso, you even need to change your routine slightly based on how old your beans are. If I buy a bag of beans that was roasted last week, the brewing method that I take, the brewing recipe that I have today would be slightly different from one week from now, would be different from two weeks from now. But I shouldn't kid myself, there's no way a bag of beans is going to last me two weeks. In, in any case, the, the point I'm making here is that there are complexities available. And when you do understand them, it does give you some leeway to play around with it. Again, if I cite espresso as an example, uh, you may not realize this, but there are three thirds to the shot. The very first third of every shot is where you get more of the sour, fruitier, more acidic notes. The middle is the body. And then the final third of the shot is where you actually get some of the more bitter notes, which helps to round out the flavor of the coffee. Now, knowing that, knowing that your espresso falls into your cup like a liquid guela bis, that means that if you want to get all of those flavors combined, what you might want to do is you might want to stir the cup. And you can do that once you understand the different tasting notes that come in at different points in time of your espresso shot. The other thing that you can play around with is that if you're finding that the espresso is nice, but it's just a little bit too bitter, then obviously you can cut off the water earlier so that you don't get that final third and you don't get the bitter notes of the coffee. It's no duh once you understand a little bit of what's going on. But again, that complexity is there for you if you want to dive into it. But if you don't, arguably you don't have to at all. And why I say that is quite simple really. Coffee is essentially a food. Here I am taking the thought from the great Alton Brown behind Good Eats. And he argued that coffee is basically a food and we should treat it as such. And when it comes to food, we are always looking for the flavor of the food, the taste of the food, to match up with the smell of the food or the aroma. Hang on, I can make an alliteration there. We're looking for the flavor of the food to match up with the fragrance of the food. Now, most people do enjoy the fragrance of coffee. The problem that many of us encounter is that we like the way coffee smells 
we don't really always like the way coffee tastes. In fact, if you think back to the first time that you tasted coffee, was it a good experience or a bad experience? I remember the first time that I tasted coffee. I was a kid and I always loved the smell of coffee, but one day I was sitting at a cafe with my mom and she had her cup of coffee like she always did and she decided that day that she would let me taste the coffee, but she wouldn't let me drink the coffee straight up. I was still a kid, so I guess she thought uh, I was too young to drink coffee. What she did was she took a cube of sugar, she put it on a teaspoon, dipped that sugar cube inside of the coffee and let me enjoy the coffee through the sugar cube. As you might imagine, that was a very pleasant and positive first impression of coffee. So for me, the fragrance of the coffee matched up with the flavor. Later on, I would progress to drinking uh, ice blended from coffee bean. And again, you know, it tasted good to me. It's not like you can't taste the coffiness of coffee when you add sugar. You still can, but sugar and milk They help to mask some of the flaws in the coffee, if there are any flaws in that particular cup of coffee. So for me, I consistently had positive experiences where the flavor and the fragrance matched up. But again, that's when you add sugar, that's when you add milk. So what happens if you want to drink coffee black? For many of us, we'll find that you don't smell the bitterness in black coffee, but you do taste it. Well, what if I told you that there was a relatively affordable and totally easy and repeatable way to enjoy black coffee where the fragrance and the flavor match up? That's what I think we should be aiming for because coffee is a food and just like any food, coffee has as much right to taste as good as it smells. First of all, I like to advocate that you grind your own beans. Even if you don't want to spend the money on a dedicated coffee grinder, Chances are at home in your kitchen, you have a blade grinder. And the YouTube channel America's Test Kitchen has done some comparisons between blade grinders and dedicated coffee grinders for coffee. And what they found is that you could get pretty decent results from a blade grinder, even your run-of-the-mill, no pun intended, blade grinder. Here's the secret to it. You pulse the blade grinder. Don't hold down the power button and grind all the way uh, for two reasons. Blade grinders tend to have inconsistent particle size as the end result. In general, that's not great for coffee, but that will matter more for certain brewing methods than for others, like espresso, for example. But we're not talking about espresso as a brewing method here. We're going to talk about a simpler brewing method that doesn't demand as fine or as uniform particle sizes from your coffee grounds. But nonetheless, the more uniform your particles, the better. So with a blade grinder, you want to pulse because that's going to help create more uniform particle size. The other reason is that if you hold down the power button for your blade grinder and it's just spinning and spinning and chopping and chopping all of those coffee beans, due to friction, it's going to heat up more. And as it heats up, remember coffee is a food, so you're applying heat to your food before you actually start your cooking process, which is when you put the hot water to the coffee. So if you want to get good results from a blade grinder with coffee, pulse your blade grinder. There are lots of advantages to using a a dedicated coffee grinder, uh, but that's a discussion for another time. If you want to make do with a blade grinder, uh, I like to tell you that you can because if you are grinding your beans fresh, then you are getting more out of the beans than you would if you bought pre-ground coffee. You can think about it like this. You wouldn't cut an apple one week in advance of when you're going to eat it. Same deal with your coffee. Just get out your grinder and grind it right before you're going to brew. And now finally, I want to introduce you to a brewing method that I have had such great consistent results with. 
the AeroPress. If you're not familiar with the AeroPress, you've never seen it in real life before, or you're just not sure what I'm talking about, the AeroPress is that thing that looks like a humongous plastic syringe without the needle. And what I found with the AeroPress is that when I brew it for people who have never tried black coffee, completely black, unsweetened, no milk coffee before, I consistently see their reactions as one of pleasant surprise. They like the taste of the coffee. They're surprised that they don't feel the need to add sugar or milk. You totally could if you want to, but you don't have to because coffee doesn't need to be that cheap. Coffee can be an easy, accessible, consistent experience. And I think the AeroPress is a great gateway drug for that. You could buy one online for maybe cheaper than you could buy locally in Singapore. Uh, but at this time, with all the restrictions, there's a good chance that the shipment might take longer. So why wait when you can buy local and support local, support one of your local coffee companies, one of your local cafes, and buy an AeroPress? It will cost you about 65 to $69. There is the AeroPress Go, which is the new version of the AeroPress. I think there's slight differences between that, but I wouldn't get hung up on it. Whichever version you buy, the older AeroPress or the newer AeroPress Go, what you're going to find is a very complete kit. You're going to have the AeroPress itself. It will come with hundreds of paper filters and you will use a paper filter every single time that you brew coffee with this AeroPress, with the AeroPress. I think the new version still comes with a scoop. And in this case, you can actually just measure your beans volumetrically with a scoop. It's totally fine because the AeroPress is such a forgiving brewing method. And it even comes with a plastic stirrer so that you can stir the coffee inside of the AeroPress. I'm not going to go into how you make the AeroPress, but I just want you to know the AeroPress is a very simple method. You can get hot water at home. You can grind your beans at home with stuff you already have. What I'm advocating is that you can get into coffee simply by buying a $65, $69 coffee maker called the AeroPress. And because there are so few moving parts to it, the AeroPress is also really great to take with you on the go. And yes, I suspect that's why the AeroPress Go is called the AeroPress Go. But any AeroPress that you buy, you can bring with you. I've been able to enjoy coffee on my AeroPress at home, uh, at work, at off-site work locations, even when I'm traveling overseas. Which means that the AeroPress is a sound investment because you can get started with it right now and when all of the restrictions are lifted and we can all travel again, you can travel with your AeroPress. That means that wherever you go, you can buy beans at that location and brew them on the spot. I think I've said it before that one of the things that appeals to me the most about travel is being able to try the foods uh, at the places that I'm visiting. But with coffee, normally you have to wait until you come home to all of your equipment unless you've got an AeroPress with you. Uh, if you're wondering about grinders, you could totally buy portable grinders. I have a portable hand grinder. I'm using the Prolex Tall Grinder. There's a mini version as well. I think the tall makes a little bit more sense. But in any case, I use a Prolex grinder because it fits inside of the AeroPress, thus making the whole setup even more compact and even easier to travel with. Prolex is not the only company that makes a grinder that will fit inside of an AeroPress or that will travel well with an AeroPress. I just have not tried any of the others. Uh, some alternatives would include the Rhino Wares Grinder, which I believe is being sold at Highlander Coffee. And that one will cost you kind of the same price region as an AeroPress itself. So we're talking about 60, 70 Singapore dollars. And with that, you have a good setup, whether you are at home or you're traveling, you can buy the beans right where you are, grind them and make a cup of coffee. 
But the AeroPress, like I said, is a very easy brewing technique to get into. There's a low barrier to entry, both in terms of cost and in terms of complexity, while at the same time, there are dozens upon dozens of recipes for the AeroPress floating around the internet. So for those of us who do want to dive into all of that complexity, it's there if you want it. But if you don't, remember, coffee does not have to be cheap in order to be enjoyable. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. As usual, music credits go to Lakey Inspired. You can find them on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Inspired. The spelling will be in the description. And once again, thank you for listening to Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene right here in Singapore.